The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and comes after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after having laid the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have enough resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend to all who are here, especially those who are guests who are visiting. I know oftentimes there's family members and friends who come in as we kind of close out those summer months and spin into the activity of a new school year or a new new year uh, following summer. So, so welcome to all of you who are here. And on a Labor Day weekend, as we celebrate Labor Day, no matter what our labor is, no matter what it is, laboring in a form of recreation or laboring at work or laboring doing our homework or laboring doing our chores and supporting the domestic church, our family, we as followers of Jesus Christ, Christians, we engage in the labor of love. We are invited like our beloved Lord at the Last Supper who labored in love, who who poured it out, poured out his heart on his disciples and served them as a servant would. You know, in the readings of Philemon, those second readings there, Onesimus was actually a slave who had left the community without permission, left his area and was accompanying Paul. And Paul's saying, this is what I'm asking you to do. Receive him as you would receive me with all the accolades and all the love and pour it out on him. Love, Onesimus, as your brother. Not as the slave he was when he left. Accept him as your brother. Paul was asking that first Christian community to pour it out. Pour it out. Past few weeks, we've kind of been a little all over the place with me, sorry. With each week, three letters. 
with the hope that the three letters in some way, shape, or form would be something we could take into our Monday, take into the rest of our week, write it down on a pair of sports shoes, or write it and put it in your locker next to the coffee pad, pot on your computer, somewhere, write down some letters. In the first week, we talked about looking at the living word of God speaking to us, LML, LML, and we're putting it back up on the screen here, LML, lead me, Lord. So there's moments when maybe life gets a little tougher, or we're just trying to adjust to the new daily activities, carpool and all the other stuff we got going on in our uh, shifting out of summer. And the, a beautiful, spontaneous prayer of lead me, Lord. Last week we spoke about how, and it's not the only way, but Jesus inviting us to learn from him, we went with a response from Jesus, which is L-F-M, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Learn from me, look to me. So lead me, Lord, help me, Lord, show me the way, Lord. And Jesus is looking at you and me in the today of our life, and he's saying, learn from me. And one way we can measure whether or not we are learning from Jesus is in a very simple, calm, not anxious way, look at our life. Look at the way in which we are learning from Jesus and how it's impacting our life. So I have three letters for this week. And if you've been paying attention, you may be able to pick it up real quick what it is. But it's P-I-O. P-O. P-I-O. Obviously, St. Padre Pio lived this way. Okay? Jesus lived this way. But one way we can, we can see that we're learning from Jesus is P-I-O becomes our response. P-I-O. So if you're looking for a, a response this Labor Day weekend... Put P-I-O on the paper, not real, but paper tablecloth when you go to spread of the food or whatever, right? That sounds really weird. But anyways, P-I-O. Let's take a look at scripture and the gospel today and what Jesus is saying at the final part of scripture, which seems kind of hard, right? He says in the following, of you who does cannot be my disciple. Oh, but Jesus, nowhere in scripture ever says that money is evil or possessions are evil. He says, love of money, what is possessing your heart? Do I possess my things or do my things possess me? Now, oftentimes I recall, I grew up in a family of six with my siblings. When you got to the table, you were paying attention to how many pieces of chicken were there. I liked the thighs and my brother liked the lint, and you're, you know, yeah, can I get two? Can I get three? Can I have one? Mom, can I have another? And one of our rules in the house was, can't eat desserts before you eat your dinner. I remember once sitting there looking at my baked potato and my greens while everybody else was eating their dessert. Well, if you're not hungry, you can't, you're not hungry enough for dessert if you can't eat that. In the army, I had no problem eating that. I ate that first because I was starving. But one of the things with, in our family, it was really special in the Sutter household if we got like sugar, <laughs> you know, like cookies and stuff, you know? 
And every now and then we'd get cookies, and we had, you'd have like a cookie jar, and you'd go to the cookie jar and get the cookie jar, right? And if you have those cookie jar with a, with a glass thing, it's like, it's kind of big enough that you can get your little hand down. You know what I'm talking about. You get your little hand in there, you can get in there. But the problem was, if you grab more than one cookie, you couldn't get it out. And for me, looking at my siblings in line behind me, I said, I want four. Because if I get four, it's more for me. But you can only get one. So you're trying to pull four out. Mom's like, you can't take four. But I'm trying to get four. You can't take four. It's not going to get out. Grabbing. Happiness in life is not in grabbing. It's not in grabbing. It's, it's, in, it's, in, it's in get that hand out of that jar to let go, let go. Okay, take one, let go. Let go. Let go. Let God, let others have some too. So let's take a little further with PIO and see if you're getting PIO and we're going today. And if you don't, it's okay. You can say, Father, that's nuts. We're tired of all that. This will be the last week of the letters, okay? PIO. Let's take a look at what uh, goes on here. Our Lord says in the same Gospel of Luke, give and gifts will be given to you for the measure with which you measure will be measured back out to you. Give and it will be given to you. And that's not even the whole verse. Give and it will be given to you. And it'll be poured out and overflowing in your lap for the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. It'll pour back out on you. Let's go to Acts of the Apostles because in the Acts of the Apostles they say something that Jesus never said in Scripture and it's the following. It says, by hard work we must help the weak. The Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Where does Jesus say that quote from the Acts of the Apostles? You can't find it in the scriptures. Jesus said on the Mount of Beatitudes, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said at the one point, he never really said those exact words. But we read Luke Luke 6 before and we saw that he talked about giving. And he not only talked about giving, he lived it. He gave of himself. To where he had nothing left to give. St. Paul. Connecting to that. Let's go to St. Paul and see what he says in Romans. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Poured out. We come here to receive as vessels. As vessels, Lord, make me a vessel of your peace, a vessel of your love. Fill me with that love. P-I-O, so I can go and pour it out. Let's go on and see what St. Paul has to say. But even if I am poured out as a libation upon the sacrificial service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with all of you. He had a source for his joy. Jesus said it very clear at the Last Supper after washing the apostles' feet. I tell you this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. That's why we pour it out. That's why we 
follow the example of the Lord and pour it out. Let's see what St. Paul has said. He's got another one here. He says, for I am already being poured out like a libation. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. P-I-O. Pour it out. I remember having the grace in Louisiana the first two years of my priesthood. I was down there and I went and did some summer camps and activities up in Lafayette, Louisiana, where they have Boudin and all y'all from Louisiana know I'm talking about Boudin and the Louisiana floral. They actually have squirrel soup too and all this good stuff. But I remember once running into this one mother who was so devoted bringing her children to the little activities after school and everything. And she had a special van which had the, the lift that raised and lifted her up. And she was in a, in, a, in a wheelchair, but so joyful and everything. And I was always kind of curious, but you know kind of those little situations where you see someone pouring out their life for their children. And you, you kind of want to ask them like what, what, what happened, but you don't really want to ask them what happened but you'd like to know what happened because you see that they're not complaining about what happened, but you know something happened. Then what happened is she invited me over for dinner. Didn't need to talk about it, I witnessed it. So went over to dinner and her husband who was a mechanic, you could see it in his hands, he poured it out all day long, worked hard, just an amazing man. So I go over there, walk in, walk in the household, and there she is, she's in her wheelchair, and he's preparing the dinner. He's hustling the kids because they had a live-in person that helped her during the day. He's hustling kids to help set the table. She's sitting there talking to me. He serves the meal with the kids. He, after a long day's work, picks up everything, goes and starts doing the dishes as she continues to talk, and he talks in a way where he can do the dishes with the kids helping. And I'm sitting there in just utter amazement watching a family unit, a domestic church, pouring it out. Just pouring out the love of God. You didn't have to talk about it. You saw it. Then after that, the mom said, hey, Father, would you mind? We kind of gather as a family and we do just kind of like briefly do our night prayers. It would be a great honor if you just kind of came with us and we sat in the living rooms. We just in our night prayers before kids go to bed and everything. I said, Sure. See him poured out in their prayer. Not in a, and there's nothing wrong with it, but not in like routine robotic prayers that we memorize, which are good. And we memorize prayer set prayers because when somebody is lying on their back in a hospital and the feelings aren't right and they don't know what to say to God and they're hurting, we go back to those routine prayers that were taught to us. Above all, the most perfect prayer that Jesus taught to us, which is the Our Father. But they started to pray as a family one by one, Starting with prayers of thanksgiving. How is it that she was so happy? How is it the kids are? Because they, I think thanksgiving, being thankful, has a direct effect in the way in which we love, in the way in which we pour it out. When someone serves us and does something for us, we want to, as an concrete act of thanksgiving, do the same. Do the same. And Mass in and of itself, the Eucharist means thanksgiving. And Jesus is thanking the Father as he hangs on the cross, as we're here gathering in worship for us. And we receive him. And to see in this family how they were talking about their day and how things went and praying. It, was, it wasn't long. It was 10 minutes. 
But then the dad got him up and the dad put him all to bed. Children went to bed and we sat down and I said, tell me about how y'all met. Tell me your story. Oh, we met at this time. They told the whole thing. And then the wife said in such a beautiful way about her husband. You know, Father, um, six months before our marriage, I got in a car wreck. And I was paralyzed from the waist down. In my mind, I thought it was over. I thought he wouldn't want to marry me. But you know what happened, Father? On our wedding day? My dad carried me down the aisle and he carried me out of the church. What a beautiful example of pouring it out. And not just one moment at a time, but again and again and again. And Jesus talking about in the Gospels about constructing a tower or going into battle. If we try to pour it out and do it all on our own, we're going to become empty. Empty, thirsty, hungry. But if we go to the well, infomercial here, you young adults, there's a well event. It's not just called well for the fun of it. Look at your bulletin. The well, if we go to the well to drink, the same well that the Samaritan woman went to when she didn't know that she was going to the one who was going to give her the drink that which she would never thirst again. He fills our vessel up. He fills it up with what? Water in the scriptures is always prefigured as the Holy Spirit. We worship in spirit and truth, Jesus said to the woman at the well. One day, there will be a day where they won't worship on this mountain. My people will worship in spirit and truth. And think about that. Maybe Jesus at that moment talking to her, because he's God, and we're not. And he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb, as Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, when he said that to her. He saw you. And he saw me. Here today. Said, Father, it's worth it because I'm going to pour out my life for these people and not just these people, but the people who are going to learn about me and learn about you through them. And we're going to pour it out. We're going to pour out the whole Holy Spirit on the whole world so that they in turn can go pour it out too. Pour out our love. Imagine, I'm going to close with this. I'd love to have like an hour homily, but we can't do that. I'm going to close with this. Imagine your world. I don't know your world, but God does. Imagine your world just today. Just today. In what way can you pour it out? Pour out the love of God. You're doing it right now. You're here. By being here, you're pouring out your love for God in worship. I hear you sing. I hear you respond, and above all, he hears you sing, he hears you respond, and you're pouring it out. If you're looking for something to do, pour it out, I'll make one suggestion. Imagine what this parish would be like, and I have to be 
part of this challenge too. If all of us came each Sunday and strove to meet somebody new. Can I pour it out, the love of God, on my way out? As I walk to my car, can I see somebody I've never, never met before and just said, hey, I've, I've never met you. I don't want to take up a lot of time, you know, but I just want to say, hey, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? Great worshiping with you today. Have a great week. Doesn't need to be long. Imagine. Imagine, because Jesus poured it out in that way. Lead me, Lord. Learn from me, he says. May we learn from Jesus and pour it out.